Centerpoint family, how's everybody doing? How you guys doing over here? Oh man, I was thinking I was gonna have to use this little portable fan up here, but I, fact, I feel the, the wind actually right now, so this is pretty good. Hey, if you're joining us online, thanks for being with us today. My name is James, I'm the Next Gen Pastor, and I'm excited to bring the message tonight for all of you. Um, but how's everybody doing? You guys are the real deal. Like for those of you who are here outside and you guys count too inside there. So thank you for being here at church. There's something about just gathering together, isn't there? Amen. 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 So, um, so we're going to be continuing in our series right now called Tag Your It. And so I'm excited to be giving the, the word tonight. You know, being a, a minister, a pastor, you you find yourself studying a lot and studying different things. And um, and I was listening to a podcast, and they t- started talking about whales. And I wanted to share something with you that I found so fascinating. Um, in 1989, there was uh, these marine biologists that discovered there was a whale that they called the 52 hurt whale. Okay, so here's here's what I discovered and I learned as I was listening to this podcast. So the average whale communicates at about 40 hertz and under. But there's a whale that they found in 1989, and they don't have a name for it, but they found that it communicates at 52 hertz, which is different than the other whales. And so what they discovered is that when a whale does a whale call, I guess that's what they would call it, a whale call, right? You know, they're trying to find their community. What ends up happening is they, they, will, they will do this, this frequency, this sonar sound that basically goes out. But because this whale communicates at a different frequency, it never can find community. And so they call this whale actually the loneliest whale in the ocean. And they say this 52 hertz whale has been swimming around for 25 years by themselves. And I, I just found that so interesting because I started thinking about tag your it. And I started thinking about the fact that how many of you even remember what it was like when you first gave your life to Jesus and you had to learn the language, the, the, the way people behave, hang out? What, what, life just seems so different, doesn't it, when you start hanging around with people who follow Jesus, right? Especially people who go to Centerpoint. Can I get an amen on that, right? There's just something different about this body here. But, but I found that when I was a teenager and I started uh, hanging out with Christians, uh, I'll never forget this. I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about how uh, I had my first sleepover with Christian friends, and my parents were so excited because I was finally going to hang out with some believers. And, uh, and so I, I quickly learned that they talk different, that they, there was a different sound to these believers, that, that I learned that, you know, my friends that I was starting to hang out with, they didn't say the F word. You know, they, they, were, they were different. There was something different about them. And as I began to follow Jesus over the years, you know, it's really easy to get used to talking a certain way and acting a certain way and behaving a certain way. And if we're not careful, we'll discover Christianity like 52 hertz in a world full of 40 hertz. We'll discover a world full of people who don't communicate the same way. And if we're not careful, we'll be calling out at a frequency and a sound that they can't understand. And so what I feel the burden of the Holy Spirit today is to talk about that we need to, it's not about learning the sound a certain way. It's really about a heart. Uh, In fact, we would say it to the youth, if if I was teaching a youth message, I would say it's not about looking the part, it's about having the heart. Right? And so when it comes to serving, when it comes to to playing tag, you're it, it, it's more than just 
being out there in the workplace and, and those places, but it's about taking care of Centerpoint, taking care of the body, the local church. And so I want to ask you the question, are you serving? Are you involved in tag, you're it? You know, we have these symbols back here on the back, and, and if you could see these, and sometimes it's, it's funny because people ask, uh, you know, all the time, actually, what, what are those symbols, those triangles that you guys have, suspicious triangles on the back of, of behind you? And I'm like, actually, the, <laughs> we talk about this all the time. This is our discipleship pathway, and so the up arrow represents worship, and the arrows together, the second one represents connection. The arrow downward means to serve, and the arrows across means to influence, because we believe that serving is a part of the discipleship pathway. We believe that serving is, is a, it's a Christian virtue. It is a kingdom principle. It is a spiritual discipline to serve the body, to, to be connected to the body, to, to, to do your part with a servant's heart matters. That's actually my point for you today. If you're taking notes, or you can leave it in the comments, you can write this. Do your part with a servant's heart. Do your part with a servant's heart. My, my thought process for today is I'm going to read two stories from Jesus, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus, and we're going to look at a passage in Romans. And so I want to start by, by really clarifying what does serve mean? What does it mean to serve? You know, I was talking with uh, Pastor Glenn, and I was saying, hey, you know, how do you preach a message where you feel like everybody knows it already, and so they just kind of shrug at you and go, oh, this message is for my neighbor? You know, but how do you, how do you I guess, grab everybody and, and make everybody feel a part of this? And he was saying, well, I think you have to define what serving means because serving means something different to everybody. We're all coming from a different place. For some people, when you hear the word serve, you're excited because you've never served before. You've never dove all in. You've never given everything. For some of us, when we hear the word serve, we're coming from a place of burnout. We're coming from a place of hurt. When we think of the word serve, we, some of us, we have this stale definition that it means fulfilling a task on a team. But you know, serving, if we look at the biblical definition of serving, serving is pronounced diakoneo in the Greek, which means to minister. So let me just put this in simple terms. Serving means ministering, which means that we're all called to minister. We're all called to minister to the world. I would say it this way. We serve unto the Lord, but we minister to the people. I'm going to say that again. We serve the Lord as we minister to the people. And so we need to do our part with the servant's heart. I'm going to read from, uh, from Romans today. I'm going to start there. I'm going to read in Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 4. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 4. I'm reading from the NIV translation. And it reads this. This is Paul speaking to us, and, and, and he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. I want you to look at your neighbor if you're here on campus, and I want you to say, in Christ, we belong to one body. If you're online, you can put that in the comments. In Christ, we belong to one body. And then the second part of it says this, and each member belongs to all the others. Now look to your other neighbor 
And I want you to say this. We belong together. Now I want you to look for somebody on campus who doesn't look like you. And I want you to tell them we belong together. Now all the single people, I want you to find another single person and tell them we belong together. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm trying to have fun today. Okay. <laughs> we belong together. I'm going to reread verse 5. It says this. I'm going to read verse 5 again. So in Christ we... Though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts. That word gifts is, is pronounced charisma, which means an, an ability. It is, a, it is a favor. It is, um, as, as some would say, a God-given talent. That word gift is, is charisma. So we have different abilities. We have different talents. We have different graces, right? According to the grace given to each of us, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. And I want to stop there for a second because I think sometimes we read verses like this and we go, oh, my, my, my gift that God gave me isn't serving. It's like we take a whole passage on serving and we read little verses like this and we, we isolate them. And we say, oh, some people are called to serve, some people are not. But again, that word serve means to minister. Some of us are called to be ministers, to be pastors, but not all of us are called to do that. We have different gifts according to the gifts God has given us to prophesy, then prophesy, to minister, diakoneo, right, which means to minister, then serve, right? If it is to teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. Amen, right? If you want to give, give here. Amen. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Are you, do you understand what this passage is saying is that we all have a gift. We all have an ability to do something easy. Something that goes easy for us may not be easy for your neighbor. For some of us, if I gave you the microphone and said, would you like to preach next weekend? I'm looking at some friends and they're already shaking their heads at me. They're like, don't tag me it, Okay. Some of us, we have a natural ability to do certain things and other things not so much. And, and the point is, is that we're all called to serve somewhere. We're all called to do something. None of us get to say, I'm not playing, tag your it. We all have to play together. I love what verse 9 says in Romans. It says this, love must be sincere. Love must be authentic. Love must be personal. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. I'll repeat that last part. Honor one another above yourself. These words should penetrate your heart by the Holy Spirit. Love one another. Honor one another above yourself. Verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor alive by serving the Lord. There's something that happens, believer, that when you start serving God, your faith comes alive. There's something that just begins to burn inside of you when you start to see that what you are contributing is ministering to people all around the world. 
There's just something that happens when we choose to play our part and say, you know, I'm going to serve here in Marietta, California. I'm going to serve the local church. I'm going to serve my brothers and sisters that are putting on a splash event on a Saturday in 114 degree weather. There's something that happens when you say, you know what, I'm in. Tag me in. I'll play. And I guess what I'm asking you today is, hey, no matter where you're coming from, when you hear a message on serving, we're all called to be ministers. We're all called to do this, right? And so let's look at what Jesus did. I want to look at two stories from Jesus. I always feel like every message should point back to Jesus, right? And so let's go to Luke real quick. Let's go to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 Verse 21, that almost sounds like a football play. Luke 22. Ready, set. Okay. Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 21. Jesus is having the last supper with the disciples. And he, he says this. But here at this table, sitting among us as friends, is a man who will betray me. For it has been determined that the Son of Man must die. But what sorrow awaits the one who betrays me? Verse 23, the disciples began to ask each other which of them would do such a thing. Then began to argue among themselves who would be the greatest among them. Let me just stop there for a second and just say this. Jesus is saying, I'm going to die. Someone at this table is going to turn me in. And then they start arguing about who's the best. Like, I think that there's there is a desire within all of us to be great. There's some, because there's a God-given grace, a gift, and ability within all of us, and some of us see it better than others. Some of us, we can't even see the gifts that God has given us. Other people see it in us, which is the prophetic. But then some of us, we have a gift that no one has seen yet, right? And so some of us, we have this disposition in our heart. I'll serve if it's a great opportunity. I'll serve if it puts me on the platform. I'll serve if, it, if, it, you know, if it's worth my time. We're, we're almost arguing about we're better than this. And then Jesus says this in verse 24. Verse 25, sorry. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. I'm going to read verse 26 again because it hit me so hard. I was almost in tears this week as I was writing this message. Jesus is looking at his friends who are arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, but among you, it has to be different. It has to be different. That's the title of the message today. It has to be different. I'll never forget when I was in high school and my dad uh, would take me on Thursday nights. We'd pack up the van and we would put all this music equipment in the van and we would go down to Lake Elsinore off of Main Street and my dad would play guitar and he'd sing and I'd play the djembe. People would bring food and we would minister to the homeless. And I was in high school and I, I didn't realize it then, but what an impact it made on my life. Watching people like my dad, <laughs> he's in the front row, but watching people like my dad who didn't chase platforms but chase people. Because I think we live in a generation today that is chasing man-made stages and worshiping man-made stages when really we're called to worship Yahweh. You know, there's something about when, when, we, when we actively look for ways to minister to people. I think serving could be, or ministering could be broken down into two things. Ready? Reaching the lost and ministering to the flock. 
Here's what happens. We go out from here today, tomorrow and this week, and we minister in our workplaces. We minister to our families. We minister to our neighborhoods. We minister online in our Zoom classrooms. We minister... And then what happens is we bring in the lost and we start ministering to the flock here and then we send people back out again to reach the lost. Bring them back in. We minister to the flock and then we send people out again to reach the lost. Do you understand what I'm saying? We reach the lost and we come back in, we minister to the flock and then we deploy again because we know that ministering doesn't just mean ministering here on campus. Ministering means that we are a both-and church, that we're about reaching people in our city and reaching people here within the church. Like, I think, how amazing would it be if when people ask, how center point, we said, I love what we're doing in our city. What if that was our response? What if our response was about all the backpacks that we're filling for people who are having to go back into the foster care system, that when we deployed 50 backpacks, what if serving was about getting people involved? What if it was about playing tagger and say, hey, it's not just the pastors who are called to be ministers. It's about all of us. Tag your it with some social distance, COVID style, right? Like tag your it, get involved, find your place. Again, that passage in Romans, he's, he's saying, hey, if, you're, if you have the gift of teaching, start teaching. If you have the gift of prophesy, start prophesying. And I think sometimes we overqualify things. Like, it's like we're like, we have, we're a mom who's used to, we've had five kids and we know how to hold kids, but we, we overthink it when we want to get involved with the children's ministry in the nursery. It, it, I think that sometimes we disqualify ourselves because we think, you know what, I don't sound like the 52 hertz. I don't sound, I don't know the Christian language. I don't know all the scriptures in the Bible. I, I, I haven't been going to church long enough. But you know what? There's a place for all of us, isn't there? You know what's amazing too is that I started thinking about this. We have different teams, but the way that I would describe this as I started thinking about it is it, it's not a parking ministry. We're a parking team that ministers. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, we don't have a coffee ministry. We we used to have coffee before COVID, all right? And we will in someday in Jesus' name, right? We, we will have coffee again, but it's not going to be a coffee ministry. It's going to be a team that serves coffee. But hey, just get me somebody in line who needs a prophetic word, and I'm ready to give that word out. I'm ready to minister. I'm actively looking for people that need encouragement, for a brother that needs a hand, for a sister that needs someone to pray for them. I think if you would do your part, and I do my part, and we do our part, we could change what happens here in our city. We're all called to be ministers. Diakoneo, that word serve, right? To minister, to be a servant. I'm going to read again in verse 26 because we continue right here in Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 26 again. But among you, Jesus says to the disciples, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank and the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. For I am among you as the one who serves. I love that, that Jesus, Jesus has dishes in his hands. He's got an apron on. The disciples are sitting around a table, and he's serving meals. And he's saying, who's the greatest? You, the person sitting at the table? He says, not here. He says, I am because I'm serving. I'm 
diaconeo. I'm ministering. Jesus was ministering to his friends when he was serving them dinner. I want you to understand that, that, that you might not see being a greeter as something that is spiritual. But can I tell you that just a smile, just an air hug, just an air high five, just a hello, just a, hey, are you doing okay? How are you doing today? And just walk in with your brothers and sisters. Those kind of conversations can change somebody's life. You know, it's interesting, I, when I was the youth pastor, I was studying about greeting, and I was studying about, you know, serving on teams, and I learned something so interesting. Did you know that the average person decides whether they will come back to a church within the first 90 seconds? So how much more important is our greeting team now? If the moment you step onto our campus and you go, oh, man, everybody looks like they, they're all clicky here. Everybody looks like, you know, no one said hi to me. I, I went the whole service, and no one even said hello. We're called to be ministers. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Get involved. Find some relationships and find a role. Pastor John, he, he preached at Team Rally this last week, and he said, we're not winning until everybody in Centerpoint has a relationship and a role. And I said, I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. Do you want to win? Do you, do you want to see people come alive? I, I think that, man, we're missing the mark if we just come to church. How long do you think that will last when you just go to something and you just keep coming and you don't contribute to something? You know, it's like the story where the disciples are sitting at the table and Jesus is serving the meal, right? And he's, he's sharing with them. He says, the, the greatest is, is really me because I'm serving. The greatest of you must become a servant. So the more your influence, your reach, your notoriety increases, the more you become to, uh, to home in on those gifts and God elevates you, the more you should start serving other people. I don't think when we get to a pinnacle level, we stop serving. Right? Let, let, let me prove it to you. It's scriptural. Let's look at John chapter 13, okay? John chapter 13, starting in verse 3. This is also... Another disciple's uh, perspective of the same night. This is towards the Last Supper. This is the foot washing. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything that had come from God and would return to God. I'm reading from John chapter 13, verse 3, NLT. So he got up from the table. I'm going I'm to say that part again because this is what I mean when I say when we get to a pinnacle, when we keep increasing, we keep growing, God keeps elevating us, it doesn't mean we stop serving. Look at verse 3 again. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So, so he got up from the table, took off his robe and wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that is what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done. Hashtag tag your it. Jesus 
And verse 3 says, he knew that the father had given him authority over everything. And instead of sitting at the table and telling him, you wash my feet, he stood up and grabbed a towel and started washing other people's feet. You know why? Because he never wanted our status and our position and our title to stop us from helping somebody else, to stop us from getting lower, to stop us from looking down on other people. Jesus took the disposition to go low. There's something that happens when we start serving. The fervor spiritual life that we have comes alive. That passion, that zeal, that, that enthusiastic mindset that we have, it comes alive when we start serving. Friends, we need to do our part with a servant's heart. Let's do our part with a servant's heart. You know what's so interesting about serving is that when I started serving on a team, I started realizing that I, I had a place here. And maybe not when I say here at Center Point because I've been serving longer than that, but, but I find it that it is so crucial to my faith to serve because when I'm not serving, it's really easy to just come to a church and then just kind of sit in the seats, you know, and then just keep going home and nobody ever gets involved in your life. And for some of us, hey, if I could be honest, you've served before. It's not your first time. I, I'm aware of that. We have a, a, a wide demographic of people who have been saved for a lot longer than I've been alive, okay? And I look up to you, and I think you're my heroes, and that's amazing. But here's what I want to say about this. If you've been serving and you've been hurt, and you're just trying to heal, that's fine. That's great. But there needs to come a point where you start playing, again, tag, I'm it. And I think that maybe what that means is maybe it's not jumping into a role. Maybe you need to jump into a group and find some relationships. For people who have been hurt serving, you're burned out. Are you in a group? Are you in, in a group where somebody else is facilitating that group? You need to have relationships. Pastor John said it, and I believe it. Unless everybody is in a role and in a relationship, we're not winning here. And so there's lots of groups that you can join. You could go onto mycenterpoint.tv forward slash small groups or CP small groups, and you should find the list of all of our small groups. Find a group to get connected to you. That is my commission for you. And for those of us who are, who are in groups, and maybe you're in a small group, you're in the men's study, you're in the women's study that's starting next week. Hey, that's going to be fun. Come on, we got one sister in the house. Let's go. There should be more of us here, but that's all right. For some of us, we need to find a role. And so what I'm asking you to do is going to make this really easy, okay? Uh, Rachel Hansen, who's our Next Steps manager and director, she helped us coordinate to make sure that this was possible. Starting next week, September 13th, at the 9 o'clock service, we're going to have our first CP 101 tour in a long time. And here's what you need to do. I need you to go to mycenterpoint.tv forward slash serve. Nope. Not forward slash serve. Let me, let me, let me do that again. Mycenterpoint.tv forward slash CP 101. Sign up to do the tour. And basically what it is is we want to make sure that, that you know we're everything in this, in this church. Because, hey, if we say we're family and this is like our family, our brothers and sisters, you should know where the broom is in your house. You should know where your pastor's office is. You should know where my office is. You should know where things are around here. You should know where a fire, uh, a fire hydrant is, right? A fire detergent. No, that's not what I'm trying to say. Never mind. Fire extinguisher. It's like 120 up here. Okay. 
<laughs> Cut the tape. No, I'm kidding. All right. But you should know where everything is in here. And so we have this tour provided. And at the end of it, we give you an opportunity to sign up for different places. And here's what I'm going to say. If you don't know where to serve, where are you passionate? Where is that fervor at? Where do you feel like you would come alive if you started serving? And I would say that that's probably where you're going to find your talent and your gift. I'm not saying that you have to join the hospitality team if you're not, you know, hospitable, even though we all should be, right? I'm just saying that there should be a team and a place for you because we're all called to be ministers. Can I get an amen? Amen. And as I get ready to close and the worship team comes back up, I started thinking about this final verse from the words of Jesus. Man, this one, this one right here really hit me hard. Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 34. Then the king will say this on his right. Come who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Guys, no matter where we serve in this church, no matter how we serve Centerpoint and serve our brothers and sisters, when you are ministering to your brothers and sisters, you are also ministering onto the Lord. It pleases the Father to see you activated. It pleases the Father to see you. Watch my baby girl step into all that I have for her. Watch as my son comes alive. Look at his faith is coming alive in me. He's starting to trust me. He's starting to participate. He's starting to step out of his shell. I know for some of us stepping in into serving, we're like, man, I don't feel like I belong. I don't feel like I fit in. Please do not change. I'm asking you, do not try to learn 52 hertz when you are a 40 hertz whale. We need brothers and sisters who are a little edgy. We need brothers and sisters who are a little bit different. I need brothers and sisters who don't talk a certain way because there are people who are hurting in this world that are looking for something. Can I fit in? Do I belong here? Is this a place I can call home? And if you start changing, guys, that's not what this takes. We need brothers and sisters that are from all walks of life. So I'm not saying that you're disqualified. I'm saying tag your it. I'm saying get involved. Find your place. Don't disqualify yourself. I think that qualifies you. I think if you think, man, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm meant to serve in the church, I'm going to say, yes, you are. I'm going to say, I'll find you a place. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Where's your passion? Where do you come alive? Where would you want to give most of your time to? And then that's how we're going to find your role. I'm telling you, church, do not leave this campus today without either deciding to join a group or to join a team. Let's start serving each other well. Because at the end of the day, guys, every single week there's a message that is prepared here. Every single week there is a meal. It is the bread of life that we are serving. But I got to tell you something. It is so much better 
to get up from the table and start serving other people than it is to every week sit down and just get fed over and over again. When you start feeding other people and you start serving the poor and helping the homeless and helping those who are in chains and in bondage and you start giving drinks of water to people because it's 114 degrees and God, we all need water, okay? There's something that happens, we come alive. So that's my commission to you today is we need to start serving. Because serving is not just doing a task, it is ministering. Do your part with the servant's heart. That's my message for you today. So as I get ready to close and the worship team comes on up, I want to tell you this. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And we believe that every message, we should always give an opportunity for people to give their life to Jesus. So whether you're watching online, online right now, whether this is this weekend or this is just you're replaying a message from months ago, I'm prophetically believing that there's at least somebody online that needs to give their life to the Lord today that's watching this message. It is repenting of your sins and turning to God. If you're here in person and you came tonight and maybe you don't feel like you fit in in church. Maybe you don't feel like you belong here. Maybe you don't feel like Jesus is for you. Jesus is for you. Jesus loves you enough to die for you. Jesus loves you enough so that maybe the whosoevers might believe in him and put their trust in him. He came to die for those people. He came for us, the nameless, the faceless, the not so famous people. He came for us. So if you're ready to give your life to the Lord today, I'm going to count to three. When I say three, would you just shoot your hand up in the air? And we're going to look around. Our C2T team who's here to serve tonight is looking actively for you. One, Jesus loves you. Don't even question it. Two, he came and died on a cross for our sins. Death couldn't hold him. He's raised to life. You will be raised to life. Three, if you're ready to give your life to the Lord and ask for the forgiveness of your sins and turn to him, raise your hand so I can connect with you. Wonderful. Let's say a prayer together. Would you just say this? Jesus, I give my life to you. I choose to believe in you. You are good. Your promises for me will never fail. I choose to trust you and put my hope in you that you are the living king, the risen one. And so I receive right now your mercy and your grace. And I choose to get connected so that my spiritual fervor will begin to grow. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen and hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet as we worship. Hallelujah. Wow. Thank you, Pastor James. Thank you so much for that powerful and incredible message. You know, this is a holy time. It's a sacred time. It's a blessed time. We celebrate communion tonight. And you know, with so much going on in the world today we need that communion we need that communal grace that communal fellowship where we can come together and remember the life the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ pastor James talked about commitment to service and we have the perfect example of that through Jesus Christ who gave his life he gave his life that we may have eternal fellowship with him everlasting and we just thank God for that. So I'm going to read from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. And uh, this is what Paul said in giving the account of communion. He says, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it into pieces and said, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, uh, after supper saying, 
this is the cup of the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with his blood. Do this in remembrance of me and as often as you drink of it. And every time you eat of the bread and drink of the, tup, uh, the, drink of the cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. And you know, we take this opportunity now to not only come together in the body of Christ, but to also have that opportunity to reflect on God's goodness and loving kindness that follows us all the days of our life. If you're at home, you just simply take a couple of elements. All you need is maybe some bread, uh, some crackers, or maybe if you have some water or juice, it doesn't matter. It's all about your posture. Where's your heart? In just a moment, if you're here on campus, we're going to have our ushers. Uh, you're going to take directions from them, and, and you're going to receive the communion elements. And just as you have that opportunity and you pray to God, we want you to consume those elements and reflect on God's goodness in your life and remember the covenant that you have through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about grace. Hallelujah. At this point, we'll just have our ushers come around if you're here with us. And as they get ready to pass out those elements, I'm going to go ahead and pray over us, and then we will just have that time of reflection, and then as you feel led by the Holy Spirit, go ahead and consume. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to come together, Lord. You said in your word where there are two or more gathered in your name, there you're in the midst. And Lord, we know that on that night, Lord, when you're about to go to the cross, Lord, you had all of us in mind. And every single person that's here right now, whether they're online or here on this campus, Lord, we need you. We cannot go on without you, Lord. And so we celebrate, we commemorate, and we remember your completed life's work on the cross for the propitiation of our sins and for the salvation that we have eternally in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, O oh Lord. <laughs> 